Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotund Cast. Rotund? I, I am your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mackie. Hey, girl. So let's just go right into it. Let's get into it. Right. Modern gaming. Modern? Let's talk about Super Mario Maker 2, Mike. I didn't get it. I know. And I always get all the new games. And I don't know. I just wasn't. It, it, I wasn't impressed. It looked just. It looks like the exact same thing as the first game, yeah. maybe with a couple extra features. I mean, the story mode or whatever. And la di da, you know. Yeah, I just watched some gameplay on it, and it was just. Oh, I already have this game. Why yeah. do I need it again? Again, yeah. For sixty bucks, twenty bucks, I would have bought it. Like if they made number one again. Yeah. Or like one plus with story mode or something, or even if two was like forty bucks, maybe yeah. sixty is like. Nah, I'm not gonna. I'm yeah, good. not not full price. It's just I was not I was not impressed with it. It just looks like a you know slightly upgraded version of the first game, which I could just you know. And the first game is great. Yeah, the first game's fine. Like honestly, that's the thing is like there's so much you can do in in Mario Maker One. It's like you really don't need. It's like Minecraft, you know. There's already an, a lot built into yeah. the game. You don't yeah. really need to add a lot to it. Like you know? I said, if it was like thirty nine. I probably would have been in there, but <clears> 60 <throat> just feel for the same game, kind of. Not again, more features, etc., whatever. But I don't know. It just felt unnecessary. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, Days Gone Horde mode. I haven't played it yet. Okay. Then we'll I want to. Then we'll just clock right over. Yeah, I bought it when it first came out, and I haven't played it since. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a lot to deal with, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I guess also modern gaming. This article kind of popped up on Kotaku, and it's just interesting to me. What is it? Uh, it says, the video games that made people question their beliefs by, I don't know how to pronounce her first name. It's either Gita or Gita. Okay. It's G-I-T-A Jackson. I, I don't oh, know. Okay, yeah, Carl. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she has a couple games she like references. Like, I think she had Fire Emblem, Radiant Dawn. She had The World Ends With You, Bioshock Infinite, Mass Effect. So, like, she's like, oh, you know, some of these games, just the way that they go about talking about, you know, the roles of people versus, you know, their belief in, like, in a, uh, like a supreme being. And then the political side of things, you know, how it makes you question how, you know, these games relate to current politics and stuff from a video game i mean po- current politics makes sense <clears throat> i mean and i could see that i get her reference in bioshock because Bio- bioshock is naturally kind of it has those undertones of course especially in infinite more so than one and two yeah of course um you know especially like in the first game you when you first walk in you see like all the lithog- or not like the uh, embossment on the walls it's cray game yeah and then the whole andrew ryan quote in the beginning Dude. you know that's a good game. No, you know, God, no God or only man. I can't remember what it was, but it, you know, yeah. And then he has this whole speech for you know that you hear throughout the game about you know, you know, a man should be able to get everything from the sweat of his brow. Blah blah blah. It's it's somewhat communist in a way, but it's also somewhat I guess you'd call it populist. It's interesting regardless. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a game if it's ever made me think deep about anything. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I know, like, Final Fantasy X hit me pretty hard as a kid. Kind of mind-fucked me a little bit. Um, when they were all, like... The fact that they were all, like, not really <laughs> super weird. Um, Seven was pretty crazy. When you find out that, like, Cloud's, like, a creation. Which was kind of cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, kind of makes you think about, like, if we're all just in, like, if we're all just, like, proxies for something else or whatever. Sure. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had games where it, you know, made me think or whatever. And, like, you know, I'm an, I'm an empath, so definitely I've had games where I've cried and, you know, had emotions and things like that. But I don't know if anything's really made me question my morals or, like, my specific standings on things yeah. or, uh, you know, really made me go that deep into it. But I don't know. There's definitely games that... I mean, there's games I definitely relate to a lot, like, especially, like, Uncharted, especially the the fourth one, just because I have two younger brothers, and we're pretty close. Yeah, that was a good one. And, like, that just related a lot to me, and, like, really hit me, like, especially towards the end. Mm. Like, I I cried, because I'm like, dude, that's... That's Because, like, I I mean, I'm very close to my brother, so, like, that really related to me, so that game hit home for me. Yeah, I don't know, I'm an only child, so for me, it's like, it would need to affect the main character specifically, and I'd have Mm -hmm. to really relate with the main character. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, not saying I haven't related to any main characters, but I haven't really found one that I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of close," and mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. That article is interesting. Yeah. Oh, it was interesting. It was actually decently well written too. Um, she's a very, very decent writer. She keeps it down to earth. So if you're, it's a good article. I would recommend you know checking it out. It's uh, again, that's the video games that made people question their beliefs by um, again I might butcher her name and I do apologize but I think it's Gita, Gita or Gita Jackson mm. um, but yeah no I think it's pronounced Carl but that's just me but as a you know as a Kotaku articles go it's actually kind of well written so. which is because there's a lot of crap pretty good <laughs> um, yeah so I mean other than that for modern uh, there's not really too much on the horizon that we haven't already talked about I mean you got your cyberpunk and you know, mm-hmm. the new Nintendo stuff coming out this year. And, I mean, it's exciting, but I'm at the point where I'm not really super excited for anything. I'm very sad. My daughter loves Smash. Uh-huh. I brought her to work yesterday for a little while. Uh-huh. Because there was nothing to do, so I had her, like, do, like, a daddy-daughter work day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some, you know, the one of the regulars that comes in with his uh, daughter... Mm-hmm. They were playing Smash together. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it was it was really cute. But uh, you know, she likes it a lot. But it's one of those games where it's very easy for a kid to get into because it has all the yeah. characters they know. Yeah. And the mechanics are pretty easy to to get used to. Yeah. Um. So I I can understand that. I see you looking at new games on GameStop. NBA coming out. Yes, jazzed. So yeah, I mean, what's the, the, go up. What's the most expensive one they got? Hundred. Yeah, the Legend Edition. Girl, I'm buying that. When's it come out? September 20? September 6th. September 6th. So yeah. right before the pretty much the start of the new season, right? Yeah, they always come out in September. Yeah, they're usually like right before the What's new season. What's that 249 thing up there? 249. What oh, is that's that? the Cyberpunk 2077 Collector's Edition. Oh, yeah, no. Which looks very good. It actually looks like it. it I'm going to get money. it, but like 250 seems... But, I mean, if you see what comes with it, it comes with, like, the Samurai Medallion and all that other stuff. Is it going to be just, like, crap, just like the uh, Fallout 76? No. This actually comes with the full statue, the game, a box, like, a, a that looks oh, like, like a one trunk? of the... Yeah, like one of the crates from the game. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, it's got uh, a whole compendium about the game. It's got postcards, yeah, the standard, maps. the standard throw-in BS. But I'm just saying, like, this is why I like CD Projekt Red, is, like, they make it worth $200. Like, oh, I know, I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm stuff. just... I'm, I'm like Fallout 76, which was shit. Yeah, that was trash. I mean, I'm I'm not saying anything, but I might not do that. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably do it just because I really like CD Projekt Red stuff. I think they're... 250 though. I owe you 100 probably coming up in August, so... I don't know why you're so great about that. I told you... We had a bet that I had to get down to 180. I'm, you know, we're not close. 
I'd have to lose like 40 pounds in like three weeks. It's not going down. Yeah, so I mean, other than that on the horizon. Martin gets super juiced within three weeks. That's not a good thing. That's game. not going to happen either. Um, but yeah, like the only games I would re- I, I'm excited for coming up is, like I said, Cyberpunk, Outer Worlds, Star Wars, The Fallen oh, Star Order. Wars looks good. That looks really good. I pre-order, I mean, Ghost Recon. What are we even talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, yep. I'm buying the most expensive edition of that. Yeah, that's I, going I probably will too because it looks, I, I love the first game so much. I pre-ordered that already. Um, and then also in September, FIFA 20. I know. A lot of people, I like the soccer game, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, Dragon Quest Builders 2. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's coming out next week, I think, or the week after. No, it's, uh, yeah, next week. So I'm excited for that. Dragon Quest Builders looks really good. Um, Death Stranding comes out in November. Play it together, right? Dragon Quest? I think so. I'll get on Xbox, though. Yeah. Or you have PS4. We can do that. I'm going to PS4, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much all the modern gaming stuff we had was, you know, just those couple things. I know it's not as much this week, but honestly, there hasn't been about a crazy information out there with like new yeah. stuff. Um, it's pretty much just been recapping E3 and then a couple updates here and there. Yeah. And the games I've been playing this, this past week were pretty much Minecraft on the PC. I'm pretty heavy on that. I'm getting some, I'm going to mod it later for like realistic shaders and stuff. So it's going to be nice. We're going to get after that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I started playing Spider-Man more again. I just, it's so good. Yeah. And it's making me want to buy the DLC because it's so good. Um, other than that, I haven't really been playing too much modern stuff lately. I started doing, uh, we played Mario Tennis over the weekend um, on 64, which was a ton of fun. And we'll talk more about that in retro gaming because there's a product highlight I want to talk about, or two of them I want to talk about during that. Um, one of... Uh, my one of the regulars at the store, who's a really good dude and oh, just such a nice guy, um, gave me a Genesis again, which was really sweet of him, um, with a box, which was really dope. Wow! And I just couldn't thank him enough, and I'm excited to start getting some games for that again. And one of the few games I, I missed that we just got in, but I unfortunately didn't pull the trigger on fast enough was uh, Gargoyles. Oh wow! Such a good game. You didn't buy that? I, I didn't have the Genesis yet, so I should have bought it anyway. You know, so we'll just kind of transition over to retro now, since uh, we're kind of talking about it anyways. And speaking of retro, this week I kind of wanted to just highlight... This week. This week on the retro games, I want to talk about... Yes. The Genesis. The Genesis. Hello. <laughs> anyways. But, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're going to talk about the Genesis this week. Um, I think it's, it's the first system I ever played. I think I was like four, yeah, or something like. Well, no, because I my house burned down that year, so I was. Jesus. I'm trying to calculate time here. My my brother, I was six. Sorry, I was six years old. Go, yeah. So Genesis fun. My house burned down, but you know. Well, I'm, I'm trying to relate time frame in my brain. Like, you sure? So I was six at the time. The twins were my younger brothers who were twins. Uh, they were four, but I remember. Um, we rented it back when they still did that at like small retailers and small rental places you could rent the system. So I remember renting, my dad rented us that and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. Ooh, that's a solid game. Yeah, and I remember we were up at like, because I never slept as a kid. Just not, a, I just went to bed at like seven, woke up at two. I was a nightmare for my parents and I do apologize for that. But uh, I remember my dad was coming home because my dad did a paper route in the morning. And I remember he came home and we he I sat on his lap because I was little, and we just played Power Rangers for like three hours till like the sun came up. It was so much fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, it is a solid game. It's one of the few. It's 
one of the best memories I have from that time. I think that's the first console I got for Christmas. Because we had a Nintendo in the house. And I played the hell out of that. Like, my grandfather just essentially gave it to me. And um, I think that was the first one I got. And then every year from there, it was just on and popping. Yeah. PlayStation to, you know, whatever. Because, I mean, PlayStation was out at this point. Because this was 96 or 7. Yeah. But my parents... Like, we were still little, and, like, we were still into sports. Like, uh, that's all our, yeah, yeah. most of our stuff was outside activities. So we didn't really get too much into gaming yet. But as soon as that happened, my dad saw, like, he, we really liked the, you know, the Genesis. And then after that, like, literally, like, three days later, my house burned down. So, like. <laughs> so ridiculous. But anyways, so after, like, we, because that, well, I shouldn't say it burnt down. It burnt out. Like, the frame was still there. But anyways. So, so after, after like the house, house got rebuilt, rebuilt my dad, dad um, ended up getting a PlayStation. PlayStation. I think he bought it off a friend of his from work because mm. it came in a trash bag in his trunk. As with every system I got, weirdly, that's exactly how they came to the house. So he stole them? No, no, he bought it off of somebody. I think he just bought it off one of his friends at work. And I remember, sure, we had um, two really bizarre games. But I do. It, it was one of the things where like after getting back into retro gaming, uh, about four years ago. I really wanted to get back into Genesis because I remember it being so much fun. And ever since then, I've just been discovering more and more games I enjoy on it. Uh, Dude, Mickey and Minnie Circus Mystery. I still haven't played it. I have to play it. But for me, like, my favorite game on, on Genesis that Bubsy I've Bobcat is uh, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. Oh, that's a good one, too. I love that game. It's like I could play that game for hours. I love that game. Um, Streets of Rage. I love that series. I can play that. Me and my me and my two friends will literally play that four hours. That and Golden Axe, because it's awesome. Because you can play two player. Some bangers. Yeah, it's so good. Dude, Mickey and Minnie play two players. So me and my mom played forever. Yeah, but anyway, so like the Sega Genesis. I mean, it came out in North America. Sorry, in North America at least in uh, 1989, and it's it went all the way to I think around 97. At least that's. What, what it says lifespan-wise on Wikipedia. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, I mean, it was Sega's kind of first heavy system. I mean, they, prior to that, they had the Master System and the SG-1000 in Japan, I remember, if I remember correctly. Sounds right. And I know they had done, like, arcade things prior to that. But the Genesis is kind of where Sega really just hit that note. They knew what yeah, they were. Yeah, that was their winner. That was their, like, their song, swan song, you know? Mm. Um, Singing swans. It's it's one of those systems where, you know, everybody, you know, will always say, oh, well, Super Nintendo came out in 91 and, you know, it was a more powerful system. But a lot of the games that I, I've played since then, and I've played both versions, I prefer the Genesis version. Because to me, the games, A, they're not censored, which Nintendo does a lot of that. Yeah. Um, games like Aladdin in particular, where, like, the Genesis version, he has, like, a sword and, like, it's more of, like, an action platformer, where in the Super Nintendo one, it's almost like... I don't want to say wussified, but it basically it, it is. You know, it's like they pull out all the action parts and just make it like a bouncy bounce, like clone. You know, Mario clone. Yeah. Um, like the Lion King platformer. The Lion King I actually prefer on Genesis, only because of the sound. I mean, the Super Nintendo has has a sharper and closer to the movie sound, but it's also very. It's to me, it sounds like muffled. I don't want to say muffled, but it kind of does. Versus the Nintendo, uh, the Sega chip, which I've always enjoyed because it sounds very bright, the sound chip that's on that board. Sure. Yeah. And it always sounds really, like, vibrant and there. And especially with some of those games that use, you know, chip or bit versions of uh, film songs or, or soundtrack songs, it, it does a very good job at doing so. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. 
and I, I think I just love the color palette too on the Genesis because it's very bright. There's not as many colors, but they're bright as heck. Yeah, which I love. Yep. So I agree. I mean, it's it. Um, just to kind of talk more about the Genesis, um, it's a pretty interesting system. It's you know I would say my favorite fourth gen system. Uh, it came out in Japan in '88 and the rest of the world pretty much in 1990, uh, and. Only in America, it was called the Genesis. It was called the Mega Drive worldwide, everywhere else. Um, but other than that, it's pretty interesting. Mega uh, Drive. It sold. It looks like if I'm if I'm doing this correctly, math wise, um, roughly thirty five point two million units. It's pretty good worldwide. Yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, this is combining also because there's a company in Brazil called Tech Toy, who still makes brand new Sega systems. Like, brand new. You like can order, actual Sega? Yep. You can buy brand new Genesis's and Master Systems from them. Because just, it's it's kind of a funny story, the way that exporting happens. And this is kind of going into politics a little bit, but when, at least during that time frame, because of how certain areas were politically tied to, to like Japan, the U.S., um, systems were exported differently. So Nintendo hit a lot more of Europe, but Sega kind of took South America over because Nintendo didn't export as much to South America. Okay. So the way, like, Americans view, like, the NES is how the Brazilians and South Americans would view, like, Genesis because that was the system that really hit there and the Master System because those were sold substantially more over there. So there's a lot more of a market there, and that's... And it's just maintained really well. So that's why there's these companies that still produce because that, and I think if I remember correctly, that's the company that Sega had licensed to build it even in the eighties or in early nineties. So it's the same company that's building it since then. That's awesome. I don't know if they're using the same components anymore because obviously I don't know if it's, if it's the same Texas instrument chip or if it's the same Yamaha chip. I don't know because I don't know if those companies still produce those microchips. So, you know, but it's just kind of interesting to see that. I mean, just, and then obviously Majesco did um, some of the later stuff, and they're based out of Mexico, if I remember correctly. Okay. And their, their products are phenomenal. Um, they're actually, usually when I tell people um, to grab the handheld version, or, well, not not the Nomad, but the Gen- uh, the Game Gear, which was Sega's answer to the Game Boy, I usually tell people to go towards the Majesco branded ones because they use better capacitors and better components. I had a Game Gear, huh? We had Game Gears. Anyways... Um, but yeah, so, so the Genesis is one of those systems that I think people tend to either, you either have like, it's kind of, you know, the original console war. So you have people who, you know, it's like people that do PS1 and 64. Well, this was even more like cutthroat than that back in the day. I mean, this is when you had, you know, straight attack ads coming from both companies. That's fine. I mean, Sega's thing was, uh, uh, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. That's great. Because of their blast processing. Which, which was, was a big, big huge marketing, marketing ad, um, which, which, to be fair, the, the processor was the only thing that ran faster than the Super Nintendo. Everything else was weaker. Yeah, of course. But they also the thing is, is everybody likes to talk about you know, you know, specs and stuff. With a system in particular, something like you know Genesis versus Super, you have to think about the developer too, because you remember these people have to program these games to work on those chipboards, and work on those boards. So. If something like the Genesis, which is, I would argue, an easier archetype to work with, mm-hmm. 
you can get more out of it. You can use that board to more of its fullest extent. So, I mean, Nintendo did it with their first-party stuff, obviously, no question. I mean, anything Nintendo does, they know, because their company built the board, so they know how to develop for it. But that was the one positive about Sega, and eventually PlayStation kind of did the same thing, where the board was simple enough for developers, and they got the prototypes early enough where they could master programming for it. And that's why you get really phenomenal games, you know, like your Sonics, like your Gargoyles, like Musha later on, you know, things like that, where these games are built so well. Okay. You know, and that's that's kind of why I like seeing that. Bubsy Bobcat. Um, Bubsy 2. Yeah, but... So that that's kind of my take on that. So I, that's why I prefer the Genesis. I think it's, in my opinion, has a stronger library. Not that the Super Nintendo doesn't have its merits and have the games that are great on it, but most of the third-party stuff I prefer to play on Genesis. And Genesis has such an eclectic library that I can still find games today that I'm like, ooh, what's this? Let me play that. Let me try that out. I mean, Super Nintendo, you're really just going to get the usual Nintendo games. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there's not third-party stuff that's good. I know, but but, but it's it's a sl- it's slimmer pickings of course. than on the Genesis. Yeah. Genesis is just beast. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, you know, Sega kind of made a lot of really poor development choices after that, you know, with the 32X. I mean... The Sega CD. I mean, I, I, I it was. I understand it was. You know, they were trying to push as hard as they could at the time. Yeah. Um, but then you know the Saturn being rushed out was kind of the real poor choice because that system was a nightmare to develop for. That board has. You're fighting yourself when you're programming for that system. So for developers, it was a nightmare, which is why a lot of third-party stuff didn't go on the Saturn. Um, as comparable to like the PlayStation, which I mean, talking about Saturn's library, which actually let me pull that up. I'm not sure how many games are on the Saturn, um, but I know for I'm guess 382 for the PlayStation alone, there's 1334 in just North America. It's not including Japanese and PAL only releases. Right. So I mean, it's just obviously hey, look, the system was both of those things that you're looking at was much more effective and easier for developers to 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 work on. You know. So I mean, that's. And then you have, unfortunately, after that, you know, Sega had taken such a hit from the Saturn that they kind of rushed out the Dreamcast, which I actually love the Dreamcast. I think it's a great system. Um, but unfortunately, it got kind of overshadowed because within a year of, of it launching, you had the PlayStation 2, which murdered the greatest selling system of all time. I think it's about 154 million units sold. Didn't the Switch outsell that? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Yeah, PlayStation is the number one selling system of all time. The Wii got close. Uh, the Wii actually did get closed. Wait, how many uh, games? For PS2? No. The Saturn. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. It's probably, I would say, if I'm going to be conservative, I would say like four, maybe four or five hundred. Just because of the amount of Sega sports titles you can get that they're porting like arcade style over. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm assuming there's at least four or five hundred games. Um, With the PS2, yeah, you're right. The DS got close. I don't count that. Um, hand, to me, handheld systems and, and home yeah. consoles are different beasts. Sure. You know, because it's a different entity altogether. So that's Switch, okay, 34 million. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, without question, the PlayStation 2. I mean, it's a hundred. Actually, it's slightly less than 155. Um, but yeah, it's the greatest selling system of all time. That had to do with the fact that it was DVD format. And it was the cheapest DVD player at the time. 
So that, unfortunately, kind of really hit Sega hard with the Dreamcast because it was running off of the GD-ROM format, which, unfortunately, was already kind of a phased-out format at the point Okay. because now DVD's coming into play. And, it, I mean, that has to do with storage that you could do on the disc, you know, multi-layer discs, all that stuff, which I don't want to get too deep into. There are 1,119 or 1,019 games on the Saturn. All right, so yeah, so if you that's total worldwide, which is still it's very respectable, because in Japan the Saturn had a little bit more of a following and a little bit more of a a push. Am I missing something here? What? I just pulled up something on eBay because we were looking at Saturn games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Daytona USA on Sega Saturn for five thousand dollars. What's going on? I, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you that. It's like a $12 game. Um, but anyways, so kind of just to wrap up uh, the retro section, we'll just kind of talk about um, some accessories that I personally like, and I wanted to promo a few of them. Not that we're a sponsor. I just picked them up recently and really enjoyed them. Uh, Retrobit just came out with a couple new older-style controllers. Um, this, they did a Genesis 6 button, a Saturn version 2, I believe, and uh, N64 Hori re- like remake. Um, so the Genesis controller and the Saturn controller are actually licensed, which is pretty cool. The boxes actually have like the, the Sega logos and stuff, and they're built extremely well. Um, I think they're like 25. I recommend them if you need new controllers. They're great. And for the N64 controller, it's called the Tribute 64 controller. And the it has like GameCube-style stick on it, and I was playing Mario Tennis, Pod Racer, and Super Smash with it over the weekend, and it played amazingly. And I think those are also 25, 30. So if you can find them and you need games for your or controllers for your systems, I can't recommend them. Yeah, enough. the GameCube one is fire. Yeah, the the N64 one is so good. So definitely pick them up. They're I got four of them full playset because they're they're worth it. So, okay, so on price charting, Daytona USA Championship Net Link Edition is. Eighteen hundred dollars. That's new, though. A thousand. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so that's, that's probably like a, a exclusive thing, thing, though. What the frick? But anyways, so, so I mean. Oh, it dipped hard. Anyways. Yeah. You want to go back to the time frame? <laughs> so anyways, uh, that's pretty much gonna wrap up retro gaming. I mean, unless you want to talk about any Genesis games you personally like, Mike, or just the one you already know. <laughs> The uh, Mickey and Minnie Circus Mystery. The Mickey and Minnie Super Circus. It's the Circus Mystery starring Mickey and Minnie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. good. Whatever, um, it's fire. But yeah, so, I mean, uh, out on uh, Twitter and Instagram, you know, we'll, we'll pose the question, you know, what are your top five Genesis games? Yeah. What are your favorites? And, you know, just hit us up, let us know. I mean, I think I personally can't, I, I don't want to botch the list so we'll talk about it more maybe next week but definitely you know hit us up let us know uh that's the rotundcast on instagram and twitter or the tweeter if you will yep and patreon we'll talk about that at the end so moving right along to magic the gathering magic the gathering uh of course the 2020 comes out in two weeks or one week the 12th a lot of big creatures in them spoilers yep a lot of crazy casting costs yeah um looks good I'm glad they're doing decent corsets again. I'm just hoping they don't produce a shit ton of it like they did 19, where everything became obnoxious and annoying, and there were so many copies nobody cared. That's what they're doing. Yeah, there's so many legendary creatures and just yeah, I know. mythics. It's and the ley lines are coming back. It's like okay, more ley lines. I don't care. I'm excited for that because that the last time those were printed was 
the course at 11, M11. The ley lines? They're fun just cards. Printed. Yeah, in 2020. No, I know, but they were just printed. They just came out. Yeah, in M11. No. Was their first print run. Um, so, let's see. So that's, I mean, I'm excited for 2020. And Commander 19, they haven't really spoiled too much yet. That's coming out in August, so we'll probably start seeing spoilers towards the end of this month, um, beginning of next month. Uh, I know I've already pre-ordered a full pack of it for the store, so I'm excited for it. They were in uh, M11. Modern Masters. Oh, okay. What, I don't know if all of them were, but um, anyways, other than that, I mean, there's really not too, too much on the Magic Horizon, pun intended, um, for that. So we're just kind of jump into a kind of fun topic, I guess, for Magic, is what is our favorite basic land cycle artwork-wise? Um, I'm bringing this up because I personally collect basic land artwork. I love the artwork. I think it's beautiful. Um so, I'm going to have Mike start with this and say, Mike, what is your favorite basic land cycle? Um, definitely the Unhinged Lands. The those John are, Avon artwork, yeah. Those are my absolute favorite lands of all time. Mm-hmm. Unstable is, like, third. So, I think it goes Unhinged, uh, probably Zendikar, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, BFC, what, doesn't matter, anything like that. Um, and then Unstable, but Unhinged is, like, my favorite land cycle they're just so perfect I like what they because they have the border you know so it still looks like a magic card because mm-hmm. the one problem I have with the unstable ones they were gorgeous they didn't have a border so they felt like you know like alternate art cards or like well, custom it's like, art it's like what, they're doing, weird. what they do with Modern Horizons how there's the art edition where it's just the freaking artwork and there's, yeah, there's no weird. border it just it's felt weird. weird so there's you know the, the minor border on top and bottom but it just didn't feel like a magic card yeah it felt like it was kind of like a an insert or like a bookmark yeah. or something. Yeah. But the art was absolutely gorgeous, you know, mm-hmm. breathtaking. And I like how they're all different, you know. So the snow-covered full arts from the newest set are all essentially the same exact thing. Yeah, they're kind of With lame. different colors. Yeah. And they all kind of look like butt plugs, to be honest. Um, but I do like the unstable ones that are, you know, different. But the uh, unhinged are my jam. And then, you know, unglued is cool too, but they're a little bit small. Yeah. Um... But they're I mean, cool. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I love Johnny Vaughn's artwork. He does a great job. Yeah. So those are really nice. These are just all alternate. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, they're definitely cool. Uh, for me, I'm actually not going to go full art, personally. Yeah. So for me, my favorite land cycle is either the Lorewind block or the Shadowmore block. I really like those artworks. The Lorewind, because it's so lush and full, even, Even like the swamps, swamps they just feel so light, full of life, yeah. which I really liked. Shadowmoor is kind of like the dark version of that, which I really liked too. Um, and then for like later ones, uh, the time spiral ones are really nice too. Yeah. As uh, and shards of Alara, I love shards of Alara. I think that just the Alara block land cycle is so nice, it's phenomenal. So I mean, for me personally, I, it's hard to find bad lands. It is. That's the one thing. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I liked about I like about the land art is the fact that it's always well done for the most part. Yeah. So it, versus like stand like regular creatures and spells, a lot of that's just kind of filler. 
I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, down the artist, but I'm just saying, like, you could tell there's a lot of, like, work put into the landscapes, and I really like that. Yeah, and they're timeless. Yeah. If you had, like, a full print, I would definitely go with the land art. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, no, and I kind of wanted to get a couple of those because they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone really wants a, you know, for the first Mana Crypt or Mana Vault. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Um, for old art, though, I really like the Urza Saga stuff. Yeah. That's really cool, too. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, so that's, so that's pretty, pretty much our land cycles and, you know, what we like and... Yeah. Um, um, so, I mean, that's that's, that's pretty much that. that. So, so let's just talk a little bit about some products we would recommend if you're playing Magic. Yep. Not that we haven't talked about this a lot, but, you know, hey, yeah. why not? We've talked about video game products we recommend. Yep. Let's talk about some Magic products. You go first. I'm scared. <laughs> okay. Go for Magic products. Um, I would recommend... Personally, at least what I use, if you're going to have multiple commander decks, which you probably will, I would say the Ultimate Guard boulders and archives are really good for storage because mm-hmm. um, it kind of gets everything in a nice, you know, not want to say cylinder, but like, you know, elongated rectangular package. And a cube. Like a stretched out cube. Oh, it's a rectangle, but yeah. Um, and... I really like them, and I like that you could fit five Bold for 100s in there, so it's, it's a nice way to store your decks. Um, and then, other than that, I mean, definitely Dragon Shields for for sleeves. Yeah, I would say Dragon Shield for sleeves, for sure. That's what I use. Um, the mats are the best. Uh, Dragon Shield mat sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the... Satin Towers, that's what it is. I couldn't think mm-hmm. of it. Those are my jam, because you can put some dice in the bottom of there. Uh, they fit nicely on, like, bookshelves and stuff, and they look pretty cool, too. Uh, you can color code it or not, and they're really easy to put, like, labels on. So I like that, because I'm very organized with those things. So those would be my two products I would recommend mm-hmm. as well. All right. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up a little early this week, just because, uh, unfortunately, I have to get to work. We're already here. Well, yes, we're already here, but I have to be here to be present. Um, Present As I have to cover Which I'm not a fan of But anyways uh, We'll talk to you guys next time Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram At Rotuncast um, We'd love to hear from you guys If you have any recommendations for topics you want us to talk about um, Something that comes up modern gaming, retro gaming, or magic Just shoot us a, a message on Twitter or Instagram And you know we'll try to take a look and see if we can cover that um, you know, we're, we're open on Discord. If you'd like to join our Discord, just shoot us a message on Instagram or Twitter. We'll give you the Discord link and have you join us. And uh, if you like what we do and like our content, please feel free to talk to uh, contribute to us on Patreon. And that's patreon.com forward slash Rotundcast. Rotund? R-O-T-U-N-D-C-A-S-T. Rotundcast. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, girl.